Hello, and thank you for listening to the Mathematics Teacher Educator Journal podcast. The Mathematics Teacher Educator Journal is co-sponsored by the Association of Mathematics Teacher Educators and the National Council of Teachers of Mathematics. My name is Eva Sennheiser, and today I'm talking with Erica Slate-Young from the Appalachian State University and Sarah Dias from the University of Alabama in Huntsville. We will be discussing the article, Supporting Prospective Teachers in Problem Solving, Incorporating Mindset Messaging to Overcome Math Anxiety, published in the September 2021 issue of the Mathematics Teacher Educator Journal. We will begin by summarizing the main points of the article and discuss in more depth the lessons they shared in the article, their successes and challenges, and how these lessons relate to their other work. Erica and Sarah, can you each briefly introduce yourselves? Yes, thank you for having us today. I am Erica Slate-Young, and I am an Associate Professor of Math Education in the Department of Mathematical Sciences at Appalachian State University. Hi, everyone. I'm Sarah roller Dias. I'm an Associate Professor at the University of Alabama in Huntsville, and I work in a Curriculum and Instruction Department. All right, so let's jump in. Can you give us a brief summary of the article and results? Sure. In our article, we propose mindset messaging in mathematics courses as an intervention to influence prospective teachers' self-reported mathematical mindsets and math anxiety. Prospective and practicing elementary teachers have historically demonstrated anxiety about mathematics, which can affect their mathematics teaching and their students' mathematics anxiety. Developing productive dispositions prior to teacher preparation programs is not often addressed in the research. So we thought that was a a good space for us. The context of our study. Hang on, before we jump more into it, can you tell me what mindset messaging is? Yes. So thinking about the context of growth versus fixed mindset, there are are certain self-talk messaging, messaging from the the teacher, just the, the ways that we express ourselves that could promote growth mindset, which of course, we want to do. There are ways to promote fixed mindset, which we try to ignore. But when we talk about mindset messaging, we're talking about the languages and the interactions that we have that promote a growth mindset. So for example, and I'm just thinking about your article, adding a yet to the end of a, I don't know how to do something. Is that yes. mindset messaging? That's, okay. that's one of the most powerful tools that we use is just adding the word yet. Okay. Sorry, I interrupted you. I'm going to let you finish answering then. That's all right. So the context of our study is a mathematics class where the mathematics teacher educator is teaching through problem solving. The teaching through problem solving starts with students exploring a problem in an attempt to develop conceptual understanding before the standard algorithm is offered that can support procedural fluency. Within this style of instruction, the mathematics teacher educators are engaging in the, the pre-service teachers in high cognitive demand tasks. And that was one of our key elements was that we needed high cognitive demand tasks. The pre-service teachers' mathematical mindsets and math anxiety influence their persistence on these high-level tasks. Specifically, we believe a fixed mindset kind of promotes and maintains math anxiety and a growth mindset can help alleviate that math anxiety, that's sort of our, our guiding principle. We designed our intervention to help develop an awareness of mathematical mindset and support the positive ma- mindset messaging, like self-talk, instructor mindset messages, instructor modeling growth mindset, in order to promote a growth mindset with our students. 
So from our work, we have some survey results that indicated shifts towards growth mindsets and decreases in math anxiety. We also had analysis of the pre-service teachers' written responses that suggests that the mindset messaging may support them in overcoming some of their math anxiety. And that perseverance during problem solving is critical for the pre-service teacher's mathematical improvement. Some pre-service teachers also were able to connect some of their course experiences in our mathematics course to their future mathematics teaching practices. And we'll talk about that when we get into the more details of our, of our results. So... Who is the audience for your article? Is it mostly people who teach content courses or is it other groups as well? I'm going to take this one. So, you know, in looking at our article, I think I'd recommend it to any of our mathematics teacher educators, both those that teach the methods courses, but also the mathematics courses, specifically thinking about anybody who might be interested in ways of thinking about how could we support prospective teachers and their mathematical mindsets and how can we support our elementary teachers or future teachers, how to reduce their math anxiety. I also think that the article would be a really nice space to create a bridge or start a conversation between a mathematics and an education department, because it's helping think about the ways that we can start some of our own, like the growth mindset or the fixed mind, you know, we don't want that fixed mindset. So making those shifts and reducing the anxiety, the math anxiety in our pre-service teachers, but before they come to our program even. So this is work that can be happening in the mathematics courses. And I think it actually gives them then a leg up when it gets to their methods courses. So let's dive a little bit deeper, even though I think it's really clear in your title even, of what is the issue that you're addressing? So there's a big overarching issue. We're going to start, I'm, I'm going to give you the big lay of the land and then Erica is going to dive deeper, deeper Excellent. into the personal experience. So we have an overarching problem of practice that our article addresses about reducing math anxiety in pre-service elementary teacher populations. And there's evidence that when teachers are anxious about mathematics, that their students then also demonstrate math anxiety. And that's definitely not something we want to be perpetuating. So our goal with this intervention was to reduce pre-service teachers' math anxiety and develop more growth mathematical mindsets. And this effort's further echoed if you look at AMTE's standards for preparing teachers in mathematics that encourages that teacher preparation programs work to develop beginning teachers in mathematics who exhibit productive mathematical dispositions. So where the actual work started. So this was our overarching issue that wasn't a surprise. We know that there's these issues of math anxiety and and that it should be addressed, but it really hit home when I had my first semester teaching math for elementary teachers. So I had had a lot of experience teaching college math classes. I had had a lot of experience teaching when I was in a department of curriculum and instruction teaching methods classes, but this was my first time teaching a math for elementary teachers course. And so we we went through the course and there's a problem solving unit in there, which is already, you know, sort of we're in this unfamiliar space because you can't problem solve if it's a problem you already know how to do. So it has to be a problem you've never seen before. And I encountered a lot of resistance and, and just, a, it was really difficult for me to make progress with my students because they got to this space with problems that were unfamiliar and that didn't have a clear solution path and they didn't know what to do. Their anxiety just got the better of them. And it was a really hard semester because I didn't, I didn't have a way to help them through that. And I got to the end of that semester and I just felt like I hadn't made the connections I wanted to with them. And 
I felt like we hadn't made the progress we needed to with problem solving because I, I just hit this wall. And I had this thought, I can't do this again. I cannot have the same experience again. I know I'm going to be teaching this class a lot. We have multiple sections of this particular course that we offer every semester at my university. And so I was like, I, I've got to find a way to better address this. And that was about the time that Joe Bowler's Mathematical Mindsets book was released. And when I was reading through that, it just sort of hit me that that might be a good space, this growth mindset space might be a good space for me to offer my students as a way that we could work through some of this anxiety together, because I think they just felt like this is too hard. I can't do it. And I needed them to be willing to go on the journey with me and say, I can't do it yet. And so that's what got me thinking about trying to incorporate this. And so I tried it the next semester, not trying to do any research on it, just as a, you know, exercise for myself. And it seemed to have some positive impacts. And Sarah and I are friends and colleagues. And so we, you know, had been chatting a lot. And we both decided this might be a good space to do some some actual research on an intervention to see what we could find. So we had a very specific reason for targeting this overarching problem. Yeah. And I think anybody who has taught this population knows exactly what you're talking about. And I think there is a lot of care that we need to take in those courses to work with our prospective elementary school teachers So I think this will resonate. I know when I read your title, I was like, okay, let's see what this is going to, because we all know that they come in. And I like to talk to my students and tell them, you know, if you already know what I'm teaching you, then we're both wasting our time. So I expect you not to know. But that's really hard when that's not an experience that you used to have. So let's talk a little bit about the innovation. What is it? What does it look like? And how does it address this anxiety issue? Sure. So we call it an intervention, but it's also an innovation. It was implemented during an algebraic thinking and problem solving unit. And that was a key piece that Erica sort of said, this is the spot where they really struggle to persevere in the problem. So I want to plant it there. And I was on board with doing that. That is where we positioned this innovation or or intervention in ours. It consists of three parts. And there's an appendix C in the article too that outlines some of these things. So if you're interested, go check it out. The first piece is that we needed to introduce the pre-service teachers to this idea of growth and fixed mindset. We couldn't assume that they knew it, although some of the students had heard about it in their psychology classes, but we, we dove a little deeper. We started with an article and video critique assignment that they did on their own for homework. So they read one of the articles by Dweck about even geniuses work hard. And then they watched a video about the power of belief and mindsets and success, which was a TED Talk. And the responses from that are always really interesting. Some of the students really stick to the mathematics. Some of them start thinking about their own, their, a bigger picture of their life and how they've maybe been very fixed about multiple things in their life. So they, they responded to that. And then in the next classroom meeting, we introduced Bowler's Mathematical Mindset book and some of the ideas in it. So these ideas of there's no such thing as a math person mathematical success is not genetic, that brains can grow with practice, that you can build more synapses. And we began discussing the difference between a fixed and a growth mindset and how different people respond to those different challenges depending on their mindsets. 
in that piece, we pulled a little bit from Hindle. There were some great examples that they had about growth versus fixed mindset self-talk. So for example, instead of saying like, this is going to be a unit where you're me doing problem solving. So if you find yourself at some point where you want to say, I'm not good at this, instead, I want you to shift it and, and say, I can become better at this. Or instead of saying, I can't do this, you're going to say something like, I can't do this yet. And the responses from the students, like, they were all across the board. Like some of them were like, okay, yeah, yeah, I can do that. And then others were like, oh, you're just telling us this. And for a few of my students, like I work at, a, I mean, we have a large engineering half of campus. A few of them were really upset. Like what? You mean I could have been a math person? Like you mean I could have gotten this? Like they have received messages throughout their career where that is a genetic thing or that is something you're predispositioned for. And so to be given the research they really needed some time to digest it. So we just informed them of it. And then we gave them the checkerboard task, which if you're not familiar with is, you know, the box with the checkerboard, and then it's how many squares do you see? But it's not just the 64 that are obvious, but it's also the big one. And then the two by twos and the three by threes. And that was an opportunity for them to practice a challenging task that they didn't just know the answer to and to notice a pattern and, and work with their groups about that. Following that, that was the only day, only assignment and day that we like really focus just on teaching about mindset and teaching about those mindset messages. From then, we really intentionally made sure this is the second part of the innovation to create a space for pre-service teachers to practice growth mathematical mindsets. And so this, what we decided to do was to leverage two effective mathematics teaching practices. The first being implementing tasks that promote reasoning and problem solving. And you heard Erica before say, we needed those high cognitive demand tasks. And then the second part was to support productive struggle and learning mathematics. And so to help support them when they were getting stuck, we did some an introduction to Polya's process and the steps that you can take when you're kind of stuck on a math problem. Do you understand the problem? Do you have a plan for how you're going to tackle it? What are the different strategies you can use? And doing those two things then also supported students during this unit to engage in that student mathematical practice one, making sense of problems and persevering and solving them. So that was sort of how we selected tasks and problems that we felt like they were going to be able to practice this mindset messaging, which is that, that self-talk that was going on that we introduced them to. And then the last part of the innovation or intervention was that we modeled growth mindset self-talk. So something Erica and I have talked a lot about is how we ourselves have, have adopted the word yet, or we say things now more grow, in a more growth-oriented mindset than we maybe did before. So throughout the unit, we would model or praise or encourage those growth, growth mindset self-talk moments. If PSTs were engaged in a challenging math task, or if they would say something that maybe was a little bit more fixed, we'd offer them that alternative. Okay, okay, I hear you, but it's not that you can't do it. Come on, say it with me. You can't do it. And they're like, yet. And we're like, yes, okay, you got it. And then, and then they would find success because that's part of us as the instructor supporting them. Something that was really interesting is that we ran into, as we were presenting this at conferences and writing up the, the journal article, we found and learned about SUNS 2018, the math teaching for mindset framework. And in that, she talks about pieces of math teaching that 
communicate different mindset messaging. And so we used her framework to reflect on our intervention design. And we noticed that there were three parts that aligned to three of her categories of the framework. So our first part was norm setting. Our second part was engaging in mathematics. And the third part fit with the feedback and assessing. And one other thing, just to kind of chime in with with what Sarah was saying about the design of, of our intervention, like the actual intervention is just really that one day plus the way we carry on with the trying to be consistent with our modeling and the mindset messaging and the the assessment and feedback. But we needed a relatively small self-contained intervention that could be inserted into the curriculum because both of our content classes already were pretty full of content that the university expects us to to get through, right? There's follow-on courses for this. And so I didn't have a lot of extra time to spend a whole unit, but I was trying to think of, you know, what could we insert that would give us the space and open the conversation? And so that's why we we chose the article in the video that we did, because it's it's a nice confined space that they can do in a discussion forum outside of class. And then it sets the stage for then what we do with the the rest of the intervention. So the intervention is more than just they watch a video and they read an article. That's our stage setting. That's how I, we get them. I like your for suggestion it. for the article and the video. I also in my classes use, I don't know if it's the same TED Talk uh, by Carol Dweck, but then I also, there is a Sesame video on the power of yet that I use with my students because then they could take that and use it with their students. And so that always gets some smiles, you know, like watching a little bit of Sesame Street. But I I think it's important, this idea of like it being short pieces, because the idea of mindset is over time, right? So you introduce them, them to it and then creating that norm of just adding yet or changing. I like how you you have a table in there that kind of helps people understand what are all the different ways that you can change that messaging. So let's get to um, the effectiveness of this. Uh, What research questions or what questions did you study and what did you find? We had two research questions. We were looking at in what ways do prospective teachers' math anxiety levels change after experiencing a mathematics course that incorporates mindset messaging? So we were looking at that piece. And then our other question was in what ways do prospective teachers' fix slash growth mindsets shift after experiencing a mathematics course that incorporates mindset messaging. So we were looking at the two elements, the math anxiety and the fixed versus growth mindsets, because we have a diagram in in the article that sort of shows how we see these things relating to each other, that we feel like they feed into each other, that the math anxiety feeds into the fixed mindset and the fixed mindset could feed into the, the math anxiety. So we wanted to deal with both pieces. And to address our research questions, we had a pre and post survey that we administered beginning of the course and the end of the course, just to to have a a way to collect some data and and bookend the course. We had BIES Mathematics Anxiety Scale, the revised version that we pulled questions from. And then we also had Hindle and Hawthorne's Growth Mindsets Mind Questionnaire that growth, yes, growth mindset maths questionnaire that that we pulled some questions from and and we created our our own survey. We recognized that we were putting together a survey that wasn't necessarily externally validated and normed, but it 
it got to the questions that we really wanted answers to. So we thought it would be a good exploratory tool. Both were Likert style surveys that gave us some, some insights. But then we also had writing prompts that was embedded into my course that was the end of the semester. So not necessarily nestled in this unit. It was at the end of the semester where I had them reflect on a challenge that they had faced in the semester and to kind of talk about what they did to overcome that challenge. And so we had some additional qualitative data through that writing prompt. So you had the data and what did the data tell you? For the survey, we knew it was a very small N. So we weren't really expecting big statistically significant results. We were using the survey as a tool to look for patterns and trends and to see if we could notice some some differences or some shifts. And uh, we were pleased to see that all of the questions had a positive shift, even if it wasn't statistically significant, there was a, a positive shift, either less math anxiety or a shift towards growth mindset. We did have a few questions that coded as uh, statistically significant, which was was interesting. Uh, it gave us some insights, but we really were just looking at the, the big picture with the survey. And then we used the qualitative data to help triangulate those statistical results. So the written responses, we did an open coding system with the, the written responses. So they were all anonymized. And then we looked at them together and coded for themes we found and, and those sorts of things. And what we found was that of the respondents, 52% exhibited math anxiety somehow in their written responses, connecting negative emotions as being something that they experienced in the beginning of the course. So saying something about, I was really nervous about math, or I've always struggled with math, something that indicated they had that. So 52% there. 63% of the pre-service teachers used mindset language in their narrative for how they improved or overcame something that originally gave them trouble. So that was that was encouraging that they're starting to internalize some of the messaging that we, we were hoping that they would internalize. Of the 30 pre-service teachers who included the mindset language, 93% of those referenced making a shift towards a growth mindset in their response. 30% referenced growth mindset self-talk as something that they used to overcome or persist through a challenge. So it was a nice trend that we saw that they were not just incorporating the messaging when they were writing, but they were talking about that internal voice, the, the way they talk to themselves. So this suggests that the pre-service teachers who embraced the mindset messaging offered in the intervention as evidenced by the adoption of mindset language in their responses, tended to also demonstrate the growth mindset. So they were trending more towards growth mindset. The majority of our pre-service teachers, 96%, attributed their improvement to perseverance and persistence in doing math, which is also indicative of growth mindset. 73% of our pre-service teachers' responses contained evidence of a positive shift in how they viewed mathematics or their own ability. And we had one particular quote that I wanted to share here that was really impactful for, for us reading it. So this was a pre-service teacher who had struggled with math in the past and was one of those that was skeptical and even said she was annoyed about having to do the mathematical mindset discussion. She's like, yeah, I've heard about this mindset stuff before, and it's just something that you guys make made up to make us work harder. 
And so at the end of the semester, she reflected as such, I think learning about the mindsets helped me realize not all my problems stemmed from my dyscalculia, but my fixed mindset. While things are not perfect now, I believe being in this class has helped me start to break away from the fixed mindset and view things differently. I have gained skills to help me overcome these fears, and I think I will be able to have a healthier relationship with math now. I feel better knowing that I will not translate the fear and confusion onto my students. And so she was one that really came all the way around from being like, yeah, you're just trying to make me work harder to, oh, this is a thing and I can actually get better at this. And so she she felt that change. And so that was one kind of powerful quote that we had. One other thing out of the 25 pre-service teachers who described some sort of math anxiety, 20 of them also included mindset language in their response. So they were making those connections between the math anxiety and the mindset messaging as well. And then we came across kind of an unexpected theme. It wasn't one of the top most prevalent themes, but it was still one that occurred enough that, that we felt like it was worthy of making note of. We noticed that pre-service teachers were also making connections to their mathematical learning experience and their future work as mathematics elementary teachers. So that was something that was encouraging. And we hope that this is setting the stage for even if they're not ready at the end of this course, that then when they proceed on into their other methods courses, that they'll be ready to hear it and ready to, to incorporate some of this, put their teacher hats back on. That's a lot of cool results summarized there. So maybe thinking about how to pull that together, if you had to go and make a statement about what you think your contribution is with this article, what would you say? I think that this article provides some initial evidence of how mindset messaging or, or introducing pre-service teachers to mathematical mindsets, like informing them about, about fixed and growth, how that can be leveraged in a mathematics course for elementary teachers and how it can support a positive shift towards a growth mindset and a reduction in math anxiety. I just, it was really exciting. I know Erica and I had a lot of conversations throughout the semester. And then later when we were analyzing the data, even just sharing examples like, Oh, it's so cool though. They didn't give up. And, you know, I had a student the other day who said, Oh, I'm having a really fixed mindset right now. And I'm, I'm trying really hard, but I'm kind of stuck and I want to have a growth mind. Right. It just gave them the language to, to work through it. And it was really exciting. I also think that a really nice example of how we can start some of our teacher education work and how we can develop productive beginning teachers of mathematics and those dispositions when they're still wearing their math learner hat because they were ready to do this work and they were ready to think about it. And for some of them, getting to be the learner experiencing those mindset messaging pieces and, and learning how to shift their talk, I think was invaluable in terms of their trajectory as a teacher too. Erica, do you want to add anything more? I think you hit it. I do believe that it is important for them to have these experiences when they're still firmly seated in the math learner side of things so that they are more ready to, to experience them when they put their math teacher hat on. We, we have a little continuum in the, in the article that we show that most uh, teacher education programs have this continuum. There's some math courses that the pre-service elementary teachers take, and then they move on to some 
methods course or set of methods courses that they take in their in their college of education. And in those courses, they tend to have their teacher hat on. And then this intervention shows what we can do while they're with us with their student hat on. That's where I think we've got a nice message. I agree. I think this is a really manageable, small-scale thing that you can insert into whatever you are already doing and then just kind of work with it. We situated this in an algebraic thinking and problem-solving unit, but it really could be put in any sort of mathematics course that has these high cognitive demand sorts of, of tasks and we had some examples of, of some different geometry units and, and some other various things. This really could be knit into lots of different content areas. Yeah, really, it should be everywhere, right? So before we close out, I wanted to give you an opportunity to add anything else that I might not have asked about. Is there anything else that you think you'd like to add from this paper or something else? I just look forward to hearing other people's stories about how they're also kind of trying to share this type of mindset messaging. Working on this paper opened up because we learned about Sun's framework. If you haven't looked at her framework, but mindset is something that you're trying to think about and how you're implementing your classroom, her framework was helpful for reflecting on our practice and maybe some of the other unintentional messaging pieces that we were sending for example, I do reassessments in my class, and that also sends a growth mindset that, you know, if you haven't achieved something yet, that's okay. You can come back and show me that you've learned it later. So her framework was something that we found helpful to look at and reflect on and have discussions around too. That's nice to build on other work that's already out there. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for giving us this opportunity. It's, it's been enjoyable getting to talk about and share our work. Thank you. For further information on this topic, you can find the article on the Mathematics Teacher Educator website. This has been your host, Ava Thanheiser. Thank you for listening and goodbye.